Welcome to Fucking Cancelled, a podcast about what the left is like, what to do about it, and what it'll be like once we've done it. Today, we discuss how to support our cancelled friends in the immediate aftermath of cancellation and for the long term. Welcome back to Fucking Cancelled. Welcome back to Fucking Cancelled. We have a doozy for you today. Do we? I think it's a pretty <laughs> standard episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so updates before we begin, before we get into it. Um, we still haven't put up the stickers that we were talking about possibly in the episode before last, but that's honestly just because we've been banging out episodes lately. Um, yeah. but we do have new sticker designs. Um, we have three new ones. We're not going to tell you what they are, but, um, they have arrived and we just haven't got around to putting them up on the big cartel, but they will be soon. So you can check out, um, fucking, oh no, it's bigcartel.com slash fucking canceled. Is that right? No, it's fucking canceled.bigcartel.com. Okay, I always forget. So yeah. fucking canceled.bigcartel.com. Yeah. Um, you can go there to buy shirts, zines, um, and stickers, and there will be new sticker designs up soon. Yeah. Also, we wanted to remind people about our Patreon. Clementine thinks that I'm not excited enough when I talk about <laughs> our Patreon, then I have to have more excitement in my voice. So I hope that I sound excited. Um, yeah, you can you can help support us on our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash fucking cancel with two L's, um, which yeah helps us pay for stuff and also gives us more time to spend on the podcast. Yeah, so if you believe in what we do, we really appreciate the support. And shout out to the patrons who have been around since the beginning um, and the new patrons. And we really appreciate you guys because fucking cancel couldn't happen without you. So thank you very much. Yep. Um, so yeah, let's get into the episode. Let's. So today we're going to talk about, yeah, how do you support people who are being canceled, friends of yours who are going through it, um, what to do, not to do, um, for people in that kind of a situation. Yeah. This is a sort of one-on-one on supporting your canceled friends. Yeah. And as far as we've seen, there really isn't like any resource out there for this, like that I've seen anyway. Like, yeah. um, like there's, you know, a lot has been written about how cancel culture doesn't exist. And then there's <laughs> a lot that's been written about sort of like how cancel culture is bad. Um, but in terms of what's actually do, uh, if your friend is being targeted by, um, angry people on the internet, um, and having their life destroyed, there's not a ton. So we thought that we should probably get around to it. Yeah, totally. I think so much of the, the air in the room is like sucked up by like, sort of just having to defend that this phenomenon exists at all Mm -hmm. Um, and for people who have already accepted that and would like to actually get to like what to actually do when this is going on there's not a lot so yeah totally and yeah so I mean to start it off we we just want to point out that being cancelled especially if it's like in a really big way is an acute crisis like it is a huge rupture socially um, and often sort of like psycho spiritually as well as, you know, um, you're getting your community stripped away. Um, a lot of like your, uh, beliefs might be getting really deeply challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, it can feel really shattering, um, on, on a bunch of different levels. 
Um, and people who are going through that are in crisis, like a severe crisis, and it has to be treated that way. Yeah, like, I don't know where, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, I don't know where I read it, but like at some point or another I saw like a list of of things that are considered like major life stressors, you know, and when people have many major life stressors happening at the same time, it increases suicide risk, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, everybody's cancellation experience is different, but usually like major cancellation spectacles include like, not only, like you said, like a massive sort of shift in the way that people are thinking about their worldview, especially if they were like true believers before this, or they were like deep inside the nexus. So they're having like major shifts in their worldview, but also they're like concretely like losing so much, right? Like they're losing often like their friends, their community, sometimes like major relationships. In some cases, their housing. Like I had to move when I was canceled. Yeah. Or like lots of spaces that they can't go to anymore. People they can't see. Like even like sometimes like neighborhoods they don't want to be like in anymore. Totally. And often like things related to employment, whether that's like losing their job, like having their job security threatened, or in the case of like people who are, you know, creators, they're like, um, they're like unable to do their work or they're losing like their book deal or their band. They can't, yeah, exactly. They can't play shows. They can't like go to like book fairs or like, uh, you know, yeah, go to events where they can sell their work. And then also like the loss of the future in the sense of like whatever they thought their future was going to be is not going to be the same now. Right. So there's like all sorts of like hopes and dreams and plans that go out the window with this as well. So all of that on top of being like massively harassed, it's just like a lot for a person to go through all at once. Um, and I think like anyone, um, going through this level of stressors would be having like a really fucking hard time and it would make sense to have like a mental breakdown and go through a major crisis. And then on top of that, you know, you're experiencing this and you're being blamed. Like the focus is on you being the bad guy. Um, there's, there's very little space for the canceled person to understand that what is happening to them is something that is happening to them, right? It's not something that they're creating. It's something that's happening to them. Um, Everybody's blaming them. Um, And then, you know, if you're, like, looking for, like, information about this or, like, this is happening to you and you want help, like, you're just going to find, like, 10 think pieces about how cancel culture doesn't exist and isn't real or it's just justified or it's just accountability or whatever. So, yeah, so it's a really big deal and it's a really big crisis. I think that's very important. So when you're making your first sort of contact, like, say you have a friend, and you're, you're seeing this shit go down online. You're noticing that it's happening. Your friend just got called out. Um, I think a lot of people, their first instinct is to go to a place of wanting to determine the accuracy of the accusations, right? They want to know, like, for example, if you tell someone that you were canceled, the first question it, that people ask is why. Or, or what did you do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is the reason, right? And once again, like, this is victim blaming. It's like literally putting the responsibility for the cancellation campaign onto the canceled person. And nothing that a person did actually causes people to start a massive harassment and exile campaign against them. Um, And as we know, um, and if you've listened to this podcast, like we've talked about this at length, many times accusations are false or they are overblown. Um, Sometimes they're partially true. Sometimes they're true. Like it's a, it's a, it's a mix of these things. Right. And so a lot of times when people are um, approaching their, their first thing is they, they want information about that. They want to know if the accusations are true. And the problem with this approach is that when a person is being so extremely dehumanized and attacked from all angles, that is going to make them feel extremely defensive. And it's going to make them think that your, um, your support is conditional based on the answer. 
And especially if it's false, right? Like they're going to feel so offended that you also are believing all of this insane shit about them that everybody is saying, right? It's really, really crazy making to have people say such wildly untrue things about you and then to have people that you know come and just want to like check in to see if it's true, right? So like each situation is different. Like sometimes it could be true and sometimes it might not be. But basically what we're trying to say is that that's not a good first approach. Like whether or not the accusations are true is literally not relevant to your ability to support your friend through this crisis. And leading with that is definitely going to undermine their trust in you um, as somebody who could be leaned on for support. So don't lead with that. Yeah. And like, especially at the beginning, right? Like you, you might have like very good reasons for wanting to know if the, um, if the claims being made against your friend are accurate Um, but that can, that's something that can wait, you know, because as we mentioned, like your friend is currently in like an acute crisis that is, uh, that could be very dangerous for them. Um, and that definitely is like putting uh, an enormous amount of stress on them, like stress that they probably have like, like not even remotely have the the means to cope with. Exactly. And like, we're going to get more into that later in the episode, but like, say it is a situation where you're like, oh, you know, this person does have like a pattern of behavior that you yourself have been concerned about, whatever, like they have a drinking problem and they like act really fucked up when they're drunk or something. So like you do have concerns about the accusations being true or you do think that this person has some work to do on themselves like that's fine if that's the case but you have to remember that people cannot do work on themselves when their frontal lobe of their brain is literally not online because they are fully in fight flight mode right like when you're dealing with a crisis your entire nervous system is just literally in survival mode that is not conducive to the work that people need to do to actually change their circumstances and take responsibility so like if that conversation needs to happen it's got to wait until there's some stability yeah and on a related note um your friend is for sure like especially if the cancellation is happening like very much like on social media which is usually the case um um or at least has like a large component you know happening on social media like they're probably receiving tons of messages um, and and comments and so forth that are uh, abusive, that are, you know, blaming them, that are um, harassing them in various kinds of ways. And it becomes completely overwhelming when that's happening to you, right? Like it's, it becomes impossible to keep reading all the messages. Um, and because it's, it becomes like so overwhelming. Um, and if you do keep reading them, like in, in, you know, as this kind of like means of trying to feel like you're controlling it or mm-hmm. something, um, it can be very bad for you basically. Like it's, it's super, it's way too much for your, for your brain. Um, and so what we would recommend doing if you are reaching out to someone in the form of like a message, um, is to preface it by saying that you, um, are supporting them, that it's a message of support, you know, so that like, if they do happen to scan it, like they can just see that it's a message of support and, and look for, and look at that. Um, and yeah, that helps your message stand out from all yeah. the messages that are probably not messages of support. Um, and it will make sure that it's uh, noticed and yeah. not like a stressful experience. Totally. There's two things I want to say about this. One is like, um, one of the very, I'm sure anyone who had a major cancellation online um, can relate to this. Like, one of the very horrible parts of it are, like, the the fake nice messages. Um, so, like, there's, like, obviously the messages that are, like, screaming at you and, like, saying horrible things about you. But then there's also these other ones that are, like, I care about you. And so because of that, I'm joining up with the mob and demanding accountability, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I got a lot of those that were, like, 
that were basically like fake bonding. I even had a person say that they wanted to co-regulate with me, um, like a total stranger, um, so that I could quote, be accountable to this like total nonsense thing that I was being accused of. Um, and so I think like being like as explicit as possible, like, Hey, I see what's happening to you. And like, I'm concerned about you and like, I hope you're okay. And I'm checking in and offering a message of support, something like that. Um, and then the other thing is, is that if you do have a way of contacting them that is not through social media, I highly recommend doing that instead. Yeah. Like if you would text them or call them. Yeah. If there's like a way that you can reach them that is not like Instagram or like whatever, wherever this is playing out, because there's a very high likelihood that they might just get offline and not be looking at that at all. So yeah, which would probably be best for them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So then basically, you know, obviously how much you're going to get involved, um, has to do with like, you know, the level of closeness of this person in your life and, or, you know, the, the level of capacity that you have. Um, but some of the main things that a person needs when they're going through this is what anyone would need when they're going through a crisis. Right. And like, I honestly think that, you know, we get so caught up in the fucking discourse that we forget that like, this is just like a human fucking experience and like humans have human needs. Right. Yes. So like, it's not about the discourse. It's about a person is going through a crisis. They are going through a massive crisis in which they are experiencing a huge amount of abandonment, a huge amount of harassment and a huge amount of stress. And so like, they're probably not functioning at a high level. And so some of the main things that you can do is to help is to help this person get stabilized. And so like that can look like really basic things like offering to make the person food, um, offering to do groceries for them or to drop off like cooked meals is like one of the literally best things that you can do for a person going through this. There's a few people who did this for me when I was being canceled. And honestly, it was extremely important. Um, some other things you could do is, um, help them set boundaries for themselves around their internet use. So like when I was being canceled, Jay, like, offered to basically change my Instagram password for me and kept my password so that, you know, I didn't lose access to my account, but I personally could not access it during that time because I was like compulsively looking at the insane things that everyone was saying about me. Um, so you could offer to do something like that. Um, in other like less intense times, I've, I've had, um, a friend of mine basically posted for me online. Cause like I still needed to be posting, um, because it's like part of my job, you know, but I was like having a bad time and couldn't be looking at stuff online. Mm -hmm. So my friend, like literally, like I would send my friend the posts and my friends, my friend would like upload them for me. Right. Um, so that's like something that you could do. Um, you could also, you know, do dishes at their house or like come over and help them do laundry or like the basic things that fall to the wayside when people are in crisis. And you could also help them to find further support. Um, because obviously like, you know, this is a huge thing that someone's going through. They're going to need more than just one friend and they probably don't have a lot of people offering support. So if there's other people that you know who are not um, on the cancel train, who would be willing to help out, like getting them connected to other people who are supportive, um, getting them connected to like online resources that might be helpful, such as this podcast (laughs) or like other um, like writers or thinkers who oppose cancel culture, like reading that stuff can be really helpful when people are being massively dehumanized like this. Absolutely. Um, and also helping them if possible to access a therapist because this kind of thing, like we have been emphasizing is just so major in a person's life and the effects of it are so far reaching that it's definitely a time when someone would benefit from having the support of a therapist. Yeah. And you can think of it as being 
you know, comparable to other like big crises that yeah. people have in their lives, right? So like if someone's like loved one dies yeah. or if they go through like a really horrifying breakup or, um, you know, somebody who, you know, is trying to get sober too, like that's like exactly. sort of another kind of like time in someone's life where they just need like a really huge amount of help um, offered like relatively unconditionally um, so that they can basically survive the, the acute phase of the crisis, yeah. you know? Um, because basically it, be- it can become like almost impossible to take care of yourself. Um, and I say that from experience, you know, and for me, people did like really, really helpful things like, yeah, like coming over with enough kind of like snacks and like really easy to make groceries that I didn't have to like really worry about food for like a couple of weeks, you know, which is really awesome. Um, and people coming over to help me clean my house was also like a huge one because, you know, it, it's amazing how messy things can get how quickly when you're, when you're just like too sort of like catatonic to, uh, to, to help yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. So that kind of thing can be really, really a game changer for people who are going through it. Um, we also, yeah, want to encourage you um, if your friend is is being canceled to support them, like, and and by that I mean like, um, stand up for them, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and and preferably stand up for them in, in public, you know. So obviously this is complicated. Like you will almost certainly become the target of harassment yourself for standing up for someone in public, right? Um, so there's different kind of ways that you can stand up for people. One, I'll say like the most like easy and low key way is like to not actually necessarily do it in public, but like to very clearly to this person, um, say to them, you know, as we've mentioned, that you oppose what's happening to them, you don't think they deserve it, you think that it's wrong and that you, you know, you care about them, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like the easiest level. But you can also, in public, say, um, not necessarily like um, contest the uh, the claims that are being made, you know, you, you don't have to, right? You can just say, for example, that you think that what is happening is inappropriate. Mm-hmm. You, you can say that like, even if those claims are true, like this, isn't, this isn't the way to go about it. Um, and you can also just simply say that that person like is your friend um, and, and that you will not be abandoning your friend, like regardless of anything. Right. Um, so that's sort of like one step up, I think. And then, you know, if you want to go all the way, um, you can just, you know, publicly and openly, um, contest claims, like say that the person is, uh, you know, completely undeserving of what is happening to them. You can tell people clearly that what they're doing is wrong. Um, and that is like to see someone standing up for you publicly like that is one of the most, um, most helpful things, honestly, for like, for speeding up your recovery from that acute crisis when you were being canceled. At least it was for me, like just seeing like certain friends of mine were like immediately like posting, uh, stuff on social media, just being like, if you are, sharing this like bullshit about Jay, like fuck you, we're not friends anymore. Like, um, that kind of thing is like, honestly, like very, very difficult to do and takes like a lot of bravery. Um, but it really, really helps, um, your, your friend to know that you actually like are their friend, you know, and that you're a safe person. Totally. And I think that there's like, there's like levels of this too, where like, you know, just like concretely, cause I like to be as concrete as possible when talking about these things, you know, like you're probably going to get a lot of opportunities to stand up for your friend because people are probably going to be pressuring you not to be their friend anymore, right? So it can look like 
simply responding to messages like that with like I don't take part in this shit that person yeah. is my friend like yeah. it doesn't even necessarily it could be in DMs right like yes. people are probably sliding into your DMs being like hey I noticed that you're still following this person and you can reply to that and say yeah like you could say a number of things you could say hey it's none of your business who I'm following stop monitoring who I'm following you could say hey I don't take part in collective harassment campaigns you could say actually this person is my friend and I love them and I think that what you're doing is like really wrong um there's like a number of things that you could say and that could still be happening like relatively privately but it's like you are still taking a stand right Mm -hmm. you could also tell your friend that you're doing that um you could also comment and comment threads like um I unfortunately have waded into many a comment thread about me um and just like seen like the craziest things that people are saying about me and people who literally don't know me um making these like bold claims and, and accusations against me and just like having acquaintances and friends who were brave enough in that comment thread to be like actually no Clementine and like this is like totally not representative of who Clementine is um was really helpful yeah um and yeah like you could even go as far as like make a post and be like hey like everyone stop talking shit about my friend um and again as Jay said like this you know each situation is different and this does not need to be a weighing in on accusations um literally saying like it's none of people's business and this stuff does not need to play out online is totally legit um and sometimes yeah when people are saying just like a whole bunch of made-up shit about someone you may want to be like this is false and I know it to be false um but yeah any level of standing up for your friend is definitely going to be massively appreciated um because it is so awful to be so profoundly um dehumanized in this way but I will say and I think it's important to like reiterate that you will probably experience quite a bit of harassment um for doing this and you know um I have a friend who like publicly stood up for me when at the height of my cancellation and like she got so much pushback from that that she like went offline for like three months you know like because it was so stressful for her like the amount of shit that she was getting simply for saying like this is not a realistic representation of Clementine you know um so like be prepared for that and I do think that it takes a lot of courage to do this um and I understand why people don't and we're not attempting to shame people who don't like I get it it's scary um and even if you're not able to do that but you're able to show up one-on-one with your friend like that's definitely better than nothing um but the plus side of doing this you know even though it's scary the plus side is that you're establishing loyalty with someone who is actually a loyal friend you know like you're you're demonstrating you're creating relationships and you're demonstrating to the people around you that you are a loyal friend right and that like you actually are more interested in um investing in relationships that are based on loyalty um, and through thick and thin, you know, then this like, you know, frenzy of disposability, which it's like, yeah, it sucks to be targeted, but it's actually worse to just hang out with cancelers for years and then find out the hard way when it comes to be your turn, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it demonstrates that you have principles, you know? Yeah. Not only is your cancel friend, by the way, it demonstrates that to everyone. Exactly. And so you become like a safer and more trustworthy person to anyone who's watching who thinks that this shit is terrifying and is just kind of afraid to say anything themselves, right? Yeah. Which is a lot of people. And so it can also be a way for you to start building new community and new relationships that are not about this shit right which obviously it's it's a stressful thing to go through but it has positives as well yeah so if you do um if you do decide to stand up for someone very publicly just make sure that you also have support as well because um you you might like you honestly you might get like completely canceled yourself you might become the person that needs support it's it's a possibility and you shouldn't discount that you know yeah which means yeah it'd be a good idea to have like um 
a therapist and also to just have, have some support like set up for yourself if you're willing to sort of like take, take that jump. It's also understandable if you're not, you know, because it's like extremely terrifying. Yeah. But um, even if you're not, yeah, like doing doing this kind of thing privately or in DMs or even honestly just refusing to participate in yeah. cancellation is getting to the point where people will, where, where that's like actually taking a stand too, you know? Totally. And even, you know, like a simple thing as like not unfollowing them. Even if you like don't comment on it one yeah, way or the other, like that, totally. it does make a difference because like I absolutely fucking noticed like when everyone that you know fucking unfollows you at the same time, you definitely notice the people who didn't, right? And yeah. like you know that they're getting shit for it, and like even if it's just they never say anything about it, it still makes a difference. Like any small amount of support definitely makes a difference. Yeah. Um, and like I also think with all of this, you know, if you're listening to this episode and you haven't been canceled yet, and no one close to you has been canceled yet you know, it might be worth thinking about some proactive things, you know, like, which is just like investing in relationships in general, where you can talk about this stuff and where you openly critique this stuff makes you safer in the long run, even though it's stressful at the time, because you may lose friendships and like, you may get into heated conversations or whatever. Ultimately, if you are starting to build, um, close community and friendships that are not about disposability and cancel culture, you will be better off if your friend gets canceled or if you get canceled because you'll already have that community in place. Yeah. One of the most helpful things um, that canceled people can do when they're being canceled is to actually reach out to other people who have been canceled. Um, and so if you are connected in any way to other canceled people or you are connected to like people online who oppose cancel culture or people online who openly speak about their experience of being canceled, hooking up your canceled friend with those connections um, is really, really helpful. And can I just jump into you and say that like you might have – okay, someone who's being canceled is very likely to be um, in a position in life where they've surrounded themselves by people who are like just like purely people in the nexus, you know? Right. And they might not – they literally might not have anyone left um, who isn't in the nexus because like right. this is something that happens where if you're in this like in this scene for long enough, you start sort of like isolating yourself from more and more sort of like normal people, <laughs> so to speak, you know? Yeah. And um, if you have friends who are just like regular folks, you know, who, you know, who you can shoot the shit with, who think that this kind of thing is wrong, um, it can be really helpful for you to just like connect your your friend who's being canceled with sort of like regular people that they could go like play pool with or like whatever you totally. know just like new friends that they can yeah that they can anyone have. who's not like a, a nexon um but yeah specifically also people who like so many people message me being like my friend sent me fucking canceled or like sent me your instagram when i was going through it and like hearing people openly talk about this shit like profoundly made a difference right so like not to just like you know um promote our podcast or whatever but like definitely sending this podcast to people who are being canceled is like helpful um or anything related to this like now there's like tons of people online who are talking about opposing cancel culture um so any of those things are like really good resources um for people who are going through it totally another really helpful thing to do is to offer assurances to your friend that that you're loyal to them you know and and say it very specifically that your friendship is not conditional on whether or not they're canceled right because one of the things that they're going to be discovering is that a lot of the people around them their friendships were always conditional yeah um and that like they, they were only friends so long as as they weren't um you know on the wrong end of the uh the targeting scopes of of the of the tender queers and you know, that's a terrifying thing to be discovering that like half of your friends are willing to just like throw you under the bus immediately. Um, and so, yeah, having somebody tell you that you're, um, 
that your friendship is is more important to them than you know online popularity contests or um, whatever like weird culty thing is happening on the internet um, can be incredibly stabilizing. Totally. Um, yeah. Like this is kind of. Well, I'm just going to say this now, even though it's more relevant to, like, the long-term cancellation part of the episode that we're going to do later. But basically, like, with a girl that that I've been dating, like, I basically, you know, had to have the whole, like, cancellation conversation and, like, like let her know about how I feel about cancel culture and, like, what's happened to me and, like, my fears around, like, making connections with people. And, like, basically, I'm just, like, you know, if you're going to stab me in the back, do it now, you know? Um, and so, like, that, like, paranoia... Um, is something that, like, canceled people really have to live with. Like, who is going to abandon me and when? Um, and so if you can, like, let your friend know that, like, your, um, your relationship is never going to be impacted by the cancellation. And, like, obviously relationships can shift and change of their own, um, of their own accord. But, like, that's not going to be about that, you know? Yeah. And even just being like, I promise you I'm never going to talk shit about you on the internet no matter what. Um, totally. Makes a huge difference. Totally. And I, I would never tell anyone that they should have completely unconditional relationships. Like all adult relationships are conditional, right? Like if, if people are treating you poorly, like you totally have the right to like not be in a relationship mm-hmm. with them, but telling them that it's not conditional on cancellation yeah. is, is really, is the key thing. really important. Yeah. And yeah. It's the key thing. Um, yeah. So another important thing for canceled people to think about that they can, um, that they can use support with is boundaries. So basically, you know, the Nexus really encourages like really codependent relating. Um, and so a lot of people inside the Nexus don't have a lot of experience with boundaries. Um, and getting canceled is literally like a huge exercise in figuring out what your boundaries are and how to, um, implement them. And also people are very, very mad at you for having boundaries of any kind when you're being canceled. Um, and so, um, Canceled people often need help figuring out what their boundaries are and how to implement them um, and will often want to talk through, like, decisions that they're making, you know, about the cancellation and how they're navigating it, right? So some of these things can include, like, online boundaries. Uh, Because of how codependent the nexus is, like, people often really need to hear explicitly that it is okay for example to delete comments to turn your comments off to like restrict your your commenting on posts yeah yeah. like a lot of people feel like weirdly guilty about that and they're like they feel like they're not allowed to do it which is just completely wild to me because obviously you're allowed to do that um but it is such a like taboo thing in a lot of spaces in in the nexus i feel like that's changing as like people are opposing cancel culture more and more but yeah just telling people that it's actually okay that they don't have to engage they don't have to respond to people um they can decide who they want to talk to about this stuff and not yeah um and then also it's like you know boundaries with themselves like how much time are they spending on social media like how are they looking at the shit that people are saying about them like do they need like a I almost said accountability buddy and then I triggered myself um (laughs) like somebody to talk to about like whether or not they're following through on their agreements with themselves like not to look at the fucking bullshit online or whatever it is right um and also they may be going through like big transitions in their life that they may also need support around um such as like shifting relationships um or needing to move, um, and like implementing boundaries in those contexts. So, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they might not be aware that those are, that those are boundaries that they might have to be navigating. You know what I mean? And, and on, if you're on the outside looking in, like maybe it might be more clear to you. Obviously this is 
quite hypothetical and, and it kind of depends on the situation. But like if someone, for example, is currently living with a bunch of people who are like in on their cancellation and they're totally. sort of like, wow, like it's so stressful living in this apartment. Like maybe they need to be told explicitly that they should move. Right? Yeah. Or that they can move. That or that, that they like can move, that that's option. an option and that it doesn't make them like bad. It doesn't mean they're avoiding accountability, whatever. But if they're living with people who are like, just like literally not safe for them to be around, then like maybe they need to move. Totally. Or, you know, the same thing could be said, like if they're in like a romantic relationship in which their um, romantic partner is basically like weaponizing um, cancel culture stuff in order to, you know, abuse them. Um, it might be important for them to get out of that relationship. Totally. You know? And one other thing about this is that it's actually okay because, okay, I think a lot of canceled people, we become so desperate for connection that we can actually highly lower our standards in some cases. I think some of us become extremely hypervigilant and raise our standards extremely high for who we trust. And I think others might actually lower their standards and be like, I don't have friends, so I basically have to put up with whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's actually, even if you're being massively harassed and, and treated like shit on the internet, you actually still get to have standards in your relationships, you know? Yeah, it's true. Um, you get to decide how, if how you're being treated is okay with you and if like the relationships that you're in are working for you and like you're actually allowed to not be okay with someone remaining agnostic about your cancellation um I think that some people are like um if they're not actively participating but they're sort of like on the fence or they want to play devil's advocate with you and be like well like maybe this is like kind of okay in some cases or like maybe you do have a part in this and like you do like in some way like are responsible for what's happening to you you know um that it's okay for you to like not want to deal with that especially when you're in extreme crisis and like that kind of shit is just like insanely triggering it's okay for you to be like i don't actually want to have those conversations right now yeah it's fine to take space from people like that i mean like you know i don't think that's necessarily always best to like you know cut those people out either it could be depending on what's going on but definitely it's fine to take space you know like if that if that kind of thing is just like causing you sort of like constant triggers like when like a bunch of your friends or like people around you are just sort of being like um yeah i mean whatever we're still friends but i don't want to hear about this like cancellation stuff anymore or whatever yeah you know like it's fine to be like okay listen like we're not on the same page about this right now yeah and that you need more explicit support yeah um people who are being canceled often have um a strong urge to go on the offensive um which you know like there's there's certain circumstances under which that might be helpful, but very often it, it's not, you know, yeah. very often it's, it's much better to sort of like log, log off and like chill for a bit while things cool down. Um, and, but people, you know, some people will try to like counter cancel. Some people go, well, like they're having like a, a crisis, remember? So they, they might be like ranting in their like Instagram stories or yeah. like, you know, having these like very public like meltdowns and stuff like that. And if, you're their friend like you definitely should consider um trying to help them like avoid that kind of behavior because inevitably it's probably going to make it worse um also other self-destructive kinds of behaviors like you know uh it's really really common for people to um relapse or like begin drinking or using drugs like far to excess um that kind of thing could be something that you could keep an eye out for you know and try to like help your help your buddy with with that kind of thing um but yeah, I do think like the urge to sort of like write these like giant like yeah. essays and like rants and sort of like counter cancel and like name people and you know be like, well, actually, this person who's saying this about me actually did this to me or something like that. Yeah. And it's like it's probably not going to make anything better, man. Yeah. You know. And or so, like people going <clears throat> on like Instagram Live and like crying, um, or like having a meltdown like on their phone. It's like 
I think a lot of these things, like we've talked about it in the surviving cancellation episode, but it's like people desperately are trying to get back some level of control. And often they're trying to either change the narrative or they're, they're desperately attempting to gain empathy from people. Like they want people to rehumanize them. And like, unfortunately the way that this works is like they are being dehumanized and it's not going to work. Like anything that they do like that is going to be further used against them in the cancellation spectacle. It's almost always framed as manipulation. Yeah. And there's no empathy for it. So I, I think, and it's also just like, you know, when people are first coming into 12 step programs, you know, people are like, it's not a good idea to like make any major life decisions. Like while you're, while you're in this like crazy transitional time in your life. Yeah. I think like a similar advice is, and I get it. It sucks. Cause there's so much pressure to like act immediately when you're being canceled. Like mm. people are like, make a statement now, but actually like if your frontal lobe of your brain is like not online because you're literally in like fight, flight, freeze, like nervous system distress, it's like, you're not going to make any good decisions right now. Right. So the best thing that you can do is focus on yourself and focus on just like trying to stabilize in the beginning. And I think friends can really be helpful by just like gently offering feedback about that um and like validating and being like i understand the urge as to why you want to do that but it's probably better not to and obviously you don't have control of your friends so if they're going to do it they're going to do it you know and yeah you can still come back from that and stuff but it's like i think better to advise people against that kind of behavior yeah like your your place is just to take a kind of like stabilizing role yeah you know and to be able to reflect back to people you know whether their actions are appearing kind of like manic or you know um not in touch with reality or like if they're lashing out that kind of thing you can like let them know totally and like also just like you know like you jay you kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier but just like doing chill normal things and getting their mind off of it you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like fucking go for a walk take them to the movies like yeah just like do some chill normal human things and like help them get their mind off of the insane urgency of the internet Yeah. yeah um yeah and so then we slightly mentioned this earlier but only once the crisis has died down and when you have some level of stabilization then in some cases that might be um an appropriate time to check in with if there are behaviors of theirs that they do need to work on right so like we said sometimes cancellations are entirely made up and there's like nothing behind the accusations sometimes it is like there is some things behind the accusations but it's massively overstated and sometimes there like really are serious accusations that have been made that are true right so it's like a mix and you won't really know unless you like know the person and have like a trusting relationship with them right but if you do know the person and you have a trusting relationship with them and you are aware that like there are things that this person does need to work on um on their side of the street in their own um responsibility you know then only once the um once the crisis has died down and they have a bit of stability and a bit of support then that's the time when you can start offering support about this kind of thing and this can look different for different people depending on the situation it might be that they have substance you know issues and they need like help with sobriety support or like getting into a 12-step program or other types of um addiction recovery supports it might be like almost always it will include a therapist right like anyone who's acting in ways that are like abusive or really chaotic or fucked up towards other people probably needs a therapist um so you know helping them get connected with that and that can be like really concrete like people feel very overwhelmed with the process of finding a therapist um and so um like you can help them do that right um so like and encourage them to like follow up with it um you know there's many other things that like like the process of recovery and like taking responsibility and stuff like that is um complex and it's an ongoing process but there's many supports that you can do 
Um, yeah. And People might benefit from like men's groups. Um, they could, if they're, if they're like a religious person, like maybe you could like help reconnect them to, you know, a spiritual mentor or like a priest or like something like that. You know, there's like lots of different supports that, that people can access, like depending on who they are and what they've done and what they need, you know? Um, but helping like, you know, giving them a little nudge or like, or like helping them actually like sometimes saying like the concrete actual like actions of like yeah. trying to like find like a therapist or whatever. Like sometimes it's like literally you need to send the email for them. Like if they like can't, like can't, you yeah. know, like, and that can be really helpful. For and them. you know, one of the things about cancel culture that is so annoying and that, you know, that I actually see cancel culture as like overtly hostile to what is actually necessary to take responsibility, right? Mm. Is that it can be hard for people to find and actually access these types of supports because it's actually like controversial to like help people who want yeah. help, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally. And so, you know, doing some research um, for your friend to look into what supports might be available for their specific situation and especially sort of vetting to see if these types of supports are immersed in cancel culture, like nexus ideology or not, you know, yes, totally. is important because it's like, you know, Oh my God. Yeah. If they got like a woke therapist, it'd be fucking like game over. Totally. And not just a therapist, but like, you know, for example, there's like things like, you know, like men's groups where we're like, it's like, let's look at our, like, you know, the ways that our behaviors have been informed by patriarchy or something. And like, that could be very positive, but if it's this, like, you know, very um, self-flagellating, like, you know, hand over your own autonomy to the mob kind of mentality, then it's not helpful, right? Yeah. So doing a little bit of vetting for your friend, um, because I also think that sometimes people who know that they have, at least in my experience, right, I've talked to a lot of people who have done some fucked up shit. A lot of these people, they're fucking racked with shame about it, and they desperately want to be good, and they want to, like, do whatever it takes to, like repair you know yeah um and so they often don't have very good boundaries about like knowing what is appropriate and what is not and like um they might sign up for things that are actually like really bad for themselves or like do things to try to redeem themselves that actually totally cross their own boundaries and are like dehumanizing you know so if you are personally not you know if you're like a friend and you have a bit of a bit of a remove from it then you can more easily assess like whether or not the types of things that they're trying to do are appropriate or coming from a shame-based place. You can offer that kind of feedback. For sure. And then, you know, it could also be the case that your friend, like, didn't really do anything and doesn't need to be, like, working on any shit totally. in particular. And if that's the case, one thing that you can really help them with is finding, like, a grill pill, you know, to quote Matt Chrisman, um, <laughs> which is just, like, um, an activity that is completely non-online offline, yeah. I guess is the word that I'm looking for, <laughs> uh, um, that they can, like put energy into and feel good about something that makes you feel good, um, that is chill and, and yeah, just has no connection to the sort of like insane, like political world that we, um, tend to immerse ourselves in, in yeah. access. And so, I mean, like when Matt Chrisman talks about it, he was just basically just like grilling, like literally like barbecuing is like a great example of something yeah, like that. That's why it's called the grill pill. That's why it's called the grill pill, but it could be like fucking anything, you yeah. know? And also I'll say it's not just, it's not just the ones who didn't do it who need a grill pill. I would say even if you did some fucked up shit, you should still be grilling. Yeah, I guess everyone should be grilling. <laughs> no, you should be grilling. Like you, like definitely if you did some fucked up shit. You, you got some work ahead of you and like there's definitely a lot of work but it can't be all work right otherwise yeah. you're gonna lose your mind yeah. it needs to be a healthy balance of doing your work which you have to understand is probably gonna take a lot of time because if you have like a bunch of issues it's gonna take a lot of time to sort it out which is fine it doesn't have to happen overnight with also just remembering that you're like literally a human and you need to fucking relax sometimes and have fun and have things in your life that are not about that you and, know and just in the same way that a lot of people in the nexus tend to sort of like 
um, get rid of everyone in their life who isn't in the nexus, um, we also tend to get rid of everything in our life that is not connected to the nexus, you know? And so a lot of people after like a decade in woke world just end up being like, okay, like every single activity that I enjoy or even like don't really enjoy, but do anyway is like in some way connected to this world. Um, my job often is connected to this world because I work in like some kind of fucking NGO or like whatever it is, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm just like completely and utterly like saturated with the nexus and like, um, or it could just be like with politics in general, like a lot of people who are like into the nexus are just sort of like obsessively into politics. And I definitely can include myself in that where, you know, at a certain point I just sort of like realized there's like not very much in my life that isn't like political in some way. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm a animal. I'm like a mammal, you yeah. know, like I'm, I'm a soft furry little mammal and I need things in my life that are not sort of just like cerebral and, and fucking like thinking about theory and, and thinking about like very depressing, like apocalyptic totally. realities and what to do about them, you know, because like I need to fucking be able to chill. And, and also I think something about the girl pill, you know, is that it's not dissociating. Yeah. It's like an important thing too, you know, it's not just like getting fucked up. It's not, you know, watching yeah. like 10 hours of Netflix because those things are dissociating. Like they definitely like help you sort of like, you know, like desist from whatever, you know, spiraling thoughts you're having yeah, you're or whatever, whatever like horrible feelings you're having, but they, they don't actually like help you regulate. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. And so basically, yeah, like all that to say, you know, you help your, help your cancel friend chill. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now we just wanted to talk a little bit about supporting a friend who's been canceled in the long term, like once the acute crisis is over. And I actually found it interesting, Jay, that you brought this up as like a separate section of this episode Mm. because when I was first thinking about this I was more so thinking about you know supporting your friend in the crisis because the crisis is so severe and I think we've highlighted that a lot in this episode but I think that it really needs to be highlighted and people don't understand you know unless they've been through it or, or they know someone who has like they don't understand just how absolutely fucking severe it is like and people literally it's why people are so suicidal when it happens it's like really really serious and you it is a crisis but it is also true that you know, and this is more relevant to, like, where I am now, like, almost two years from my cancellation, that, like, the effects are ongoing, right? And it is still impacting my life in major ways, and it especially is impacting my relationships in major ways. And so I think that it's actually a a good thing that you brought this up, and it's an interesting topic to to talk about. So, like, basically, the first thing is, is that, you know, if you have a friend who was canceled at some point in the past whether you've been friends with them since then or whether you've you've just become friends with someone who has this history, important thing to know is that your friend very likely qualifies for a PTSD diagnosis. Um, that's a bold statement, but pretty much every single person that I have talked to has gone through a major cancellation um, exhibits behaviors that qualify as trauma, right? They have um, hypervigilance. Mm-hmm. You know, they are like constantly scanning their environments for signs of threat. They have, like, eroded trust. Like, it has affected their their quality of life. They may experience, like, depression. They don't experience, like, closeness as easily as they used to. Um, they may, like, avoid things that remind them of, the, of the, the thing that traumatized them. They may, like, shrink their lives and make their lives a lot smaller. Yeah. Um, there's just, like, it goes on and on and on. But yeah. basically, it's, it's trauma, right? So understanding that is really, really important. Um, both in general, it's good to understand what trauma is and how it works if you have a traumatized friend, um, so that you can better show up as a friend. Um, but also to know that like 
this specifically is like a specific kind of trauma, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think to, to go further into that, um, concept and idea of cancel culture as a traumatic event, I would recommend, um, an early episode with Dr. Christine Marie, where we talk about this in more detail about how this specifically is a type of trauma. Yeah. And also we, we recommend her work. Yeah. Like definitely like read her PhD thesis on this because it's very like thorough. Yeah. Yeah, and explains, like, specifically why this can be thought of as a form of trauma. And, like, how it's distinct from other types of trauma as yeah, well. Yeah, the, the ways it w- in which it expresses itself. Yeah, and, like, one of the key ways that it's different, I won't get too into it in this episode, but, like, one of the key ways that it's different is that, you know, in traditional types of trauma, um, it's, um, it's something that's happened in the past, right? So, like... Often in traditional understandings of trauma, what we see is that, like, trauma happened in the past, then you develop a certain degree of safety, and then you can do the work of healing from trauma, right? But basically, with cancel culture, because the harassment and the exile tends to be ongoing into the future with no clear end in sight, um, it's not just something that happened in the past, right? And so it's it's a different kind of trauma where you have to be... Um, it's not the only kind of trauma that is like this, but you have to be... Um, both healing while also navigating this um, in an ongoing way. Yeah. Um, And yeah, as a result of this, um, they are very likely to have severe trust issues and abandonment issues. Like the experience of being canceled, being exiled, being unpersoned from your community um, is an abandonment, like on a really huge and shocking scale. Yeah. Um, And it's basically impossible to cope with in any like healthy way um, for most people who go through it, especially if it's big enough, you know? Yeah. Um, or on a big enough scale, I should say. And, and so, yeah, like they're, they're just going to have trust issues. Like I know I do. I definitely know Clementine does like everyone we know who has been canceled in such a, a profound way, like definitely has, has run into this issue where they find it very hard to trust people, new friends. You have no idea if they can be trusted, you know, even if they like demonstrate that they can be, you're like still not sure, you know, old friends, you're like, well, you know, they say that they would never abandon me, um, or that they disagree with what's been happening to me, but so did other people who literally did abandon me, you know, um, and who started going along with it at certain points, like when it just became like more convenient for them or too inconvenient not to, um, and so, you know, it can be really hard to believe people when they say that. Um, and, and basically like there isn't like a lot that you can do about that as a friend, but it is important to be aware of it and to be like compassionate about it, I think. And, and to really like have patience for people's trust issues because like it comes from a really real place, you know? And, um, I think that those trust issues, like eventually for, for most of us, like do, get better. Um, but it takes a while for sure. And probably therapy and like, also you need some like new, your friend needs some new experiences of like building trust and having it sort of like be stable for a while to start like having that, uh, feel normal again. Yeah. And I think like, especially, I mean, it can be whether or not you've known the person since before their cancellation, but I think especially if you're like a new friend, you're like developing a relationship, um, with someone who was canceled that like, just like understanding that it may be slower and that it may actually take them a lot longer to trust you than you might be used to, you know, which is common for trauma in general and for like attachment trauma specifically in general. Um, but like having patience for that and, and realizing that like trust takes time, especially for someone who's had their trust broken on such a massive level. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I think the best way to get a canceled person to trust you is to be 
um, very overtly against cancel culture and being able to articulate that in your own words, you know, um, and also to be willing to, um, be their friend in public, you know, um, and to publicly oppose cancel culture. I think that that is the number one thing that is going to help cancel people, like let their guard down with someone new. Um, and like for me, um, I don't know, like when I'm dating new people, for example, I'm always like, oh God, like I have to explain to them about this and I have to let them know that they're probably going to get shit for like being associated with me. And the whole thing is really stressful. Um, and I basically feel, you know, this is like such a trauma thing that I basically have to put them through like a series of tests to like see if they really can be trusted, um, in this regard. And like just an example of this is like recently this girl that I'm seeing like drew she's an artist and she drew a portrait of me and put it on her art Instagram account which is like popular with like woke queers you know and that was like a huge like trust factor for me because it was like she publicly associated with me like she drew a picture of me you know and I was like you know, she might get shit for that. She was aware that she might get shit for that, but she's not ashamed of being connected to me. And that's like really, really important. I think for people who are, um, so used to being treated like, I don't know, like we're like, like there's like a huge stigma associated with us, you know? Literally. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. It's the, um, transitive property yeah. of cancellation, man. Like being friends with or being associated with publicly canceled people just makes you fucking canceled like by association yeah. you know especially if you like don't desist when told to exactly right? and so and like we're aware of this so, yeah. yeah so being willing to like do it anyway um is really it's honestly the only thing that is really going to make a canceled person trust you for sure and like you know definitely like like from the perspective of someone who's canceled like watching all of your friends go through that experience of being like, well, if I stay friends with you, like I'm going to be like targeted myself is totally nerve wracking. You know what I mean? And, and especially because you can't even really be like so mad at people who end up like fucking going along with the mob because you like understand, you know, it's like a horrifying choice to have to make. Right. Like obviously like, you know, I know what I think is right, but like people, people make, hard choices wrong all the time, you know? Yeah, of course. And like, we can have compassion and understand like not everybody wants to be fucking targeted. Exactly. Uh, and they're going to lose a lot in their life potentially. And so like, it. so like watching that is like really horrifying and, and traumatizing. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Be like seeing someone like just be publicly willing to associate with you is like really profoundly important. Yeah. And I think it's important to say that like, we are not making like a moral proclamation. You know what I mean? Like we're not making a moral condemnation of people who, who go along with it or who are too scared to be public about it. We're just simply talking about trust. Right. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, like whether, like whether it's right or wrong is neither here nor there. Like if you want to cancel a person to trust you, you have to be willing to be friends with them in public. Yes. Like, that's just that, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, And so, and if you are not able to offer that, then, like, this is, like, a hard thing to say, but it's honestly better to be fucking honest about that and not start a new relationship with a canceled person that you're going to, like, hide it or something, you know? Like, it's not fair to put someone through that. If you're not willing to, like, be friends with someone in public, then you're not really their friend. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's complicated, but that's... I mean, it's, it's kind of like being friends with any other, like, stigmatized person, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, if, you, if you're, like, friends with, like, a trans person, but, like, you won't fucking, like, walk down the street with them or something, like, are you really friends with them? Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, anyways, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. And I get it. Like, again, we're not judging people who are, like, not there yet or something, but 
Yeah, it's just true. Like, people aren't going to trust you if you're not willing to be friends with them in public. Yeah. Another thing to keep in mind is that it can take a year or more. Like, I think people usually say, like, a year to a year and a half to, like, start recovering from, like, majorly fucked up events. Um, And so, yeah, it's going to take a while for for this person, this friend of yours, this hypothetical friend of yours, to get back to something like their old self, you know? Um, They're going to be going through it for, like, a while, you know, and might be acting not super fun to be around um they might be really withdrawn they might be having all these sort of like very intense behaviors um they might be like very depressed you know um withdrawn whatever and yeah it is really helpful for them if their friends are patient um so we just want to want to encourage you to be patient and also to remind you that like that really acute phase of like feeling like extremely fucked up about everything and sort of like, you know, being like not able to leave your house or like being like super withdrawn or whatever, like that will end for, for most people in most circumstances, like it will end. It just takes a long time, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, they might never be exactly the same person as they were before because that's the, the, the case with like all sorts of like really fucked up and difficult and traumatizing events and crises. But you know, people do, people are resilient. People do recover from things, you know, people do get better. Um, and people are able to sort of like start building up a new life for themselves. Um, and so it's very likely that that will happen. And yeah. So in the meantime, like it's really helpful for people if you're patient and compassionate with them while they try to figure that out. Yeah. And also, I mean, you know, cause I mean, we're being very negative in this episode cause it's a very negative topic, but like, you know, I'm sure we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but like, it's not all bad, right? Like when people come through and they get through the crisis, often the changes in their life are quite positive. Like, of course there's like ongoing trauma from it, but like at the same time, people stop being people pleasers. They like get clearer about what they really believe. They have better boundaries. They build more authentic relationships. You know, they exit the nexus. They actually start to figure out who they are, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, you know, there's many positives that can come out of being canceled as well. Um, and like, hopefully we can all start embracing those things without having to go through being canceled. Um, but yeah, so it's not all negative, you know, and you're also going to see changes in your friend probably um, that are positive too. Like your friend may become more authentic, have better boundaries. Um, basically, one way or another, your friend is definitely going to change because this is a, definitely a transformative um, experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it does take time. And also like any other type of healing from a massive event like this or a series of events, it's not linear, right? And especially because it's the ongoing nature, it's very common for cancellations to come in waves. So, you know, you might go through the main crisis and get, your friend might go through the main crisis and get back on their feet. And then, you know, six months later, there's like a new series of posts going around, right? And that might spiral them into another crisis. Maybe not as big as the first crisis, but yeah, it could seriously fuck up their life, their life in some major way, right? Definitely. Um, I would say like mine has had like three major waves since it started, um, that really fucked up my life for like months at a time when they happened. Um, and so like, it sucks, but like buckle up for that and, and be prepared to like, to adjust support as needed. Um, yeah. And also, I don't know, speaking of, it's, it's a good thing you just pointed out that we're being quite negative, but like there, there are all these positive points to this too. One of which is that like, if you are listening to this, this means that your friend has a really awesome friend who is going to help them. And that is very, very likely going to speed up their recovery process and make it a lot smoother you know like it's so much more brutal when nobody around you knows what the fuck to do with you totally and like honestly like the reason we're making this fucking episode is because it's like you know you know i was saying there's some people who like lower their standards and there's others who like highly raise their standards i was one who highly raised my standards and i was like severely hyper vigilant and i could have 
no, like I would not tolerate any fucking agnosticism about what happened to me. You know, if people in any way were implying that they, they were siding with the cancelers, I was literally like, get the fuck out of my life, which like, you know, I have disorganized attachment and PTSD already prior to this, but you know, there were some people as it turned out who genuinely turned out to be, you know, true friends who just initially responded to me in a way where they did not know the right thing to say. Right. Mm. And they responded in a way that was a little too, um, Basically, like, they were asking me about the accusations and they were – that before they were offering support. Right. And that made me, like, lash out, you know? Yeah. Um, and I know that they didn't do that. Now I know that they didn't do that because they thought that what was happening to me was okay. But it was just because they literally didn't know what to do and they had no model for how to appropriately, like, support someone going through this, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, it's good that people are listening to this and I hope that people can – integrate some of these things because I do think that if more people had been supportive of me in an authentic and, um, you know, appropriate way, then it would have made it easier and hopefully sped up the process. Um, another thing, um, that you can do in the long term is just basically like helping your friend navigate the ongoing social consequences of being canceled. Right. So your friend is very likely banned from all sorts of spaces. Um, they may not know whether or not they are banned from spaces, you know, they may need someone to be there with them to help them find out if they are banned from a space. Um, they may need friends to help them, you know, establish like alternative social, um, social events and things that they can go to and enjoy because they are banned from so many spaces. Um, also, you know, they may need like a buddy who gets it, um, who can go to events with them and like leave with them if they see a counselor there. Um, just like basic, you know, real life things. Like, you know, we talked about it on the the podcast recently, but like I basically like was tabling an event and then was told like right before the event that like I was probably going to be banned the next year and that like there was people who like didn't want me there and stuff like that, which is like incredibly triggering and stressful, you know, to have to, yeah, (laughs) like really rude. And I have to like go and like, I guess I didn't have to, but like I had already like planned my trip and like I was going to like table this event, which is already like a vulnerable thing to do, you know? And I'm like there with my work, selling my work, knowing that like, you know, people are being very hostile towards me and that like the, you know, the collective who runs the event is like not sure whether or not I'm a bad guy and just like really being put in a position of having to defend my humanity, which is awful. And like, I went with like two friends who were like very clearly like, you know, we have your back. Um, and like one, one was like a a new friend who I had just met, who, who came with me on the trip, who I met through like the internet. Um, and she like went around the whole fair talking to people and just like getting to know people. And she was like, yeah, I'm here with Clementine Morgan. Um, yeah, like her work is really great. You should check out her stuff and just like overtly being supportive of me, you know? Um, so things like that are like really sweet. Um, that and, is really sweet. Yeah. And hilarious. Um, yeah. So like just being willing to like navigate awkward and complex social situations with your canceled friend is definitely helpful. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of the triggers that come up for people um, when they're a long-term canceled um, is uh, the triggers are around conflict, right? Because often it was some sort of conflict or at least the perception of conflict that had caused them to undergo their cancellation in the first place. Um, and so they might have like really unmanageable <laughs> triggers around conflict and disagreement, you know? And one thing that you can do, I mean, this this sort of, like, falls into the category of, like, assuring them of, of, of loyalty, you know, and, and sort of, like, 
telling them that their friendship with you is not conditional on whether they're canceled or not. But yeah, one of the things that you can do is assure them and explain to them in very explicit terms that like having disagreements and conflicts with them does not mean that you are going to end up canceling them, you know, that you will never join in their cancellation. Yeah. And I mean, obviously you can tell them this, you know, just like, just like this, but, um, specifically like if you are in conflict with them, yeah, it can be really awesome to be like, listen, by the way, even though like I'm, I might be like fucking mad at you right now cause you're being a dick or whatever. <laughs> um, I just want to make it really clear that like, I can be mad at you without thinking that you're like a fucking bad guy. I can be mad at you without thinking that you deserve to be harassed, you know, and we can disagree about things yes. while still loving each other and still being friends. Yeah. It's really important to be able to disagree with people while still loving them um, in all kinds of relationships and in all kinds of circumstances. But yeah, in this case in particular, it can be super helpful to hear because one of the things that they might that might be going on for them is like um, really intense like fight flight reflexes um, because mm-hmm. of because of that conflict and because of the trigger. Um, they might be getting ready to like cut you out of their life or getting ready to start people pleasing really hard yeah. because they're like terrified of, of losing you, you know? Um, and you don't want either of those if you're a good friend, right? Totally. You don't want people to be people pleasing. You don't want people to agree with you just because they're afraid of losing you. Um, you know, and you don't want people to cut you out obviously. So yeah, it can just be really helpful to just be like, yeah, listen, homie, like, um, regardless of the fact that we might be in a fight right now, like I'm never going to join in the cancellation and you don't have to, uh, you know, treat me differently because of the fact that like other people are harassing you. Totally. Yeah. And, and like remembering that that's probably going to keep coming up for them again and again, anytime that there's like any kind of relationship conflict. And it's like, it never hurts to sort of like return to that, um, to that assertion. Also related to this is that, you know, if you are going through some kind of relationship transition, for example, a breakup, um, I think that this is really important because look, people break up, right? Like relationships have transitions. Um, and you don't want to stay in a relationship with someone or a type of relationship with someone just because they're canceled and you're afraid that they're going to fucking lose it. If you leave, you know, that's not healthy for anyone. Um, you're allowed to break up with your canceled partner, you know, like if that's, if that's what's just happening in the relationship, if you have, if you have reached a point in your relationship where you guys are just like not vibing anymore, or it's just not sustainable, or there's like too much conflict, or you just have grown apart or like any other reasons that people break up, it's totally fine to break up. And it's definitely healthy. Like, um, you know, and again, cancel culture is so insane because it creates a situation where people are actually more likely to stay in relationships that aren't healthy anymore because they don't want to be like, abandoning their partner when everybody else already fucking has, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, and when, like, it, it definitely puts way more pressure on you not to break up with your partner if everybody else has already abandoned your partner. And, like, yeah, I, I understand that. And at the same time, you know, it's not healthy to stay in a relationship that's not working for you. And so if it does come to a point where you're like, actually, I need to transition this relationship and I'm not, I don't want to be in this type of relationship with you anymore, um, that's definitely probably going to be especially triggering for a canceled person, right? More so, uh, breakups are hard for everybody in different ways, but like anyone with attachment trauma of any kind is probably going to find breakups very triggering, and this is a very intense kind of attachment trauma. And so, again, you know, you can break up with someone lovingly and and make sure that you're you know, reiterating to them that just because this relationship is ending in its current form does not mean that you will ever join in with the mob, you know? Um, and that breakups can happen without it being like, you know, now I'm going to get on the internet and talk all this shit about you. Um, so I think that that is really important. Um, and yeah, this also can come up just like in relationships with like giving feedback or criticism. Um, 
that like, yeah, just like understanding that people are probably going to be triggered about this. Um, and, and keeping that in mind when you're communicating any, any feedback or criticism or in any kind of argument. Also being really careful not to throw it in their face, Mm. you know, like, because like, there's a weird power imbalance between a cancel person and basically everybody else. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There can be, yeah. Because it's like anybody else has the power if they want to, to join in. Yeah, and to start adding, like, especially if you've been close to someone, you have, like, you know, access to their, like, personal information. Exactly, and, like, right? Them, and it's very know? vulnerable. So, like, yeah. just be careful, like, because people, when they're angry or they're fighting, can just sometimes say awful things that they don't mean. And so, like, be careful not to say or imply in any kind of way that you would ever take part. Um, because, like, that's definitely going to, like, thoroughly erode any trust in the relationship. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And... Um, yeah, during all of this, we have been, you know, we've been talking a lot about things you should do and ways to take care of people and so on. But, you know, it's also really important to have boundaries yourself about, about this kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to put up with behavior that is hurting you, you know? And and if someone is going through, like, a, a lot of shit and they're, like, having a hard time, like, it's very possible that they might lash out at you, too. Totally. Um, and we would never recommend that you just, like, take it and, and have no boundaries around it. You absolutely should have boundaries around other people's behavior, you know? We you know, would recommend that you have a lot of patience and compassion for people who are suffering. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're not allowed to have boundaries. So, you know, just keep that in mind as well and try to avoid any like codependent behaviors or, um, you know, crossing your own boundaries or allowing people to cross your boundaries, boundaries simply because you're, you know, compassionate. Like that isn't actually helpful for anyone. Yeah. It will often lead to like burnout or lead to the, the relationship collapsing and for other reasons, you know, one thing I think might be a useful resource. It's kind of, well, I just think it might be a useful resource is like Al-Anon stuff. Mm. Um, Al-Anon is like a 12 step fellowship that is for like the partners and loved ones of addicts and alcoholics. Right. Yeah. And basically the loved ones of addicts and al- alcoholics are kind of in a similar situation to the loved ones of canceled people in some ways. Yeah. yeah. Because basically they're, you know, in a crisis, you know, like if you love someone who's just constantly in a crisis, you know, a lot of what you learn in Al-Anon is about how to be supportive while having healthy boundaries yourself and how to like take care of yourself and knowing that like when you're taking really good care of yourself, that is when you're best able to actually support the people in your life. And you can't do that if you're, if you're sort of like taking on their crisis as like your entire life and and neglecting yourself. Right. So like, you know, this episode has all been about like, these are the things that, that you can do to help your canceled friend, but we're sort of doing that with this pre-assumption that is coming from like a grounded place within yourself that you that you're doing okay that you have your needs met um and so if that's not the case like definitely try to get some support around that stuff too because you can't just take on another person's crisis um and like bleed yourself dry basically yeah like make sure that you have community to access make sure that you have a therapist um you know remember that you're not responsible for other people's feelings ever um, and you're not responsible for, you know, fixing anyone or, you know, and you can't fix it, you know, yeah. like, yeah, you also can't fix the, the crisis that they're going through. No, like, you can't. And like, obviously when anyone that you love is going through a major crisis, you may really desperately want to fix it, but it's like totally outside of your control. Um, and all you can do is like be a good friend and like offer support and like do your best. Um, but you're also human. You also have limits. You also have boundaries and you also need support as well. Yeah. So that is our presentation on, I know, on how to um, support um, your friend if they are being 
canceled. Um, but there is a bit more to this episode. Um, yeah, we just wanted to close with a couple more thoughts. Yeah, which is just that, like, well, yeah, there's a couple of things. One is that, you know, you might also want to offer support to people who are being canceled who are not your friend, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a stranger. It could be someone you vaguely know, whatever. Um, but we do, you know, if you have the capacity, we do recommend reaching out to people um, who you don't know who have been canceled. Um, or who are currently being canceled. Um, it can be really, really helpful. Yeah. Basically, I've done this millions of times. Maybe not millions, that's an exaggeration, but many times. Basically, just think about it this way, right? Person who's being canceled is experiencing, like, so much hate. They're, they're receiving all of these messages that are dehumanizing them, and it's like an influx, you know? And that's definitely happening in the acute stage at a massive level. But even after that, they're constantly having to run up against people talking shit about them, right? And so many times when I hear about a cancellation going on, like, on social media or whatever, and I don't know this person at all, I will just slide into their DMs or send them an email. And it's just, you know, I'm not, you know, going to be doing this person's laundry or cooking them food. Like, I don't actually know them. They probably live in a different country from me. But I am going to just send them a humanizing message to be like, hey, I saw that this is happening to you. It's wrong. I hope you're doing okay. You know, I might send them a couple of resources and just be like, you know, check this out. And I just want you to know that not everybody thinks that this shit is okay. I think more and more people are starting to do this. And I think that it's very... Um, a very concrete way that we can challenge cancel culture, not just at the level of discourse, but at the level of like human care and compassion, you know? Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, obviously only do like what you're capable of and what feels authentic to you. But like, if you are seeing it, it can go a long way to just reach out with some kindness. Um, and it can make a big difference for people, even if they're not someone that you already know. Yeah. I mean, you can also like stand up for people and yeah, in the comments and stuff. Yeah. Too, if and you'll you definitely like get shit for down. that. But yeah. You yeah. Can. But you know, you can just be like, listen, I think this is inappropriate. Yeah. You know? And, and the more that we do that. it, the more that we do it, the more other people see that. And the more that other people become um, emboldened to also be brave and to do it. Because, you know, like I recently stood up for someone that I don't that I didn't know, you know, um, in a very public cancellation spectacle that was going on. And like, I don't know this person. I don't know the canceller and I don't know the person being canceled, but because it's the internet had seen like seven things about this cancellation already. Right. So I just like went into the comments and I was like, Hey, I think that this is wrong. I think that it's really inappropriate. I think that, you know, it would be great if people could think about the mental health of the person being targeted here. This is like, you know, it's really upsetting to see. And of course, like I got like, I don't know how many comments like talking shit about me in in response, you know, like, Mm -hmm like 70 people saying a whole bunch of shit about me, but like a hundred people liked the comment, yeah. you know? There you go. And like, literally like people messaged me about it and were like, thank you for saying that. Like I wanted to say that, but I was not feeling brave enough. So like it definitely doing it publicly, you know, definitely can bring some heat on you. But if you are feeling brave, like I think that it is an important part of shifting the culture. Yeah. Um, Another thing you can do is uh, you can make amends, you know, like if you have participated in canceling someone in the past, there, I'm, I'm making a face right now. The face where <laughs> I'm just like, well, um, you can honestly, like, you can make up for it, and you can make a huge difference in their life. Like, honestly, when people have apologized to me for like things they did like years ago, um, related to cancel- cancellation spectacle stuff, like it felt so good and so validating, and like just like really healing, you know. And it's never too late, you know. Yeah. Honestly, like it, you might have participated passively, actively. You might have been like the lead instigator. You might have just been someone who hung back and didn't say anything. But like, if you feel like you participated in someone's cancellation, like you did probably like hurt them a lot, you know. Yeah. And um, it could mean it could be really meaningful for them. 
them to hear that you um, are sorry for that and that you no longer think that that's appropriate and that you no longer think that you should have done that. Totally. And like we could even do a whole episode on that in the future and maybe we will. Um, But we just wanted to touch on it briefly in this episode. Um, But yeah, it's really, it really can help. And like, honestly, I think I've only had like maybe like three people do that to me um, who took part in my cancellation. But it was, it's really meaningful every time. And, you know, even if it's, like, a small thing, like, it is safe to say that if you disappeared out of someone's life when they were being canceled and just, like, quietly unfollowed them, that the person probably noticed. Yeah, they fucking noticed. <laughs> um, so even if you just think that it's okay to kind of come back and quietly refollow the person or just now you think cancel culture is wrong and, and you regret it, like, it will make a difference to that person if you say something about it. So I recommend it. Yeah, I mean, also, we're, we're often talking about, like, following and, like, unfollowing and stuff like that. But, like, you know, remember that this stuff also plays out in real life, too. Yeah. So it's, like, if you, you know, if you're just, like, okay, yeah, like, I definitely like canceled that person like three years ago or whatever but now when i see them on the street you know i smile at totally. them and, and say hi or whatever so it's fine um that they definitely remember yeah they definitely remember <laughs> um and they definitely don't feel good about it so like yeah it, it can really go a long way to be like yeah listen buddy like i i fucked up whatever like i i feel bad about it and like i just want you to know that like at least from my end like we're cool and like i'm sorry that i did that you know? yeah totally and we can go into more detail about it in a future episode for sure, for sure we will. um and then this leads into the last point that i wanted to bring up which is just like as the tides are changing, right? And they are. Like, in the past two years, since I was canceled till now, things have really, really changed. And, like, there is an opposition to cancel culture now on the left. There are people, a lot of people, who um, think this shit is wrong. There's more and more people talking about it. Um, there's even places in which it's becoming kind of, like, uncool or cringe, like, to be canceling, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's, like, memes about it and jokes about it and things like this. Um, and so, great. We're moving away from cancel culture. But... We really have a responsibility as we move away from cancel culture to do so with, with the canceled people. Like, we don't leave the canceled people behind. Um, they cannot be the collateral damage of our, you know, our, the left's, like, social, like, movement of social change or whatever. Like, as we went through the growing pains of our thing, we just, like, grew out of cancel culture, and now we're just going to, like, not make it up to all the people whose lives were destroyed, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, people have messaged me, you know, multiple times now saying that they are fucking triggered because one of their cancelers is out here sharing Clementine Morgan Instagram posts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as it becomes more fashionable to like oppose cancel culture, we will have people being like, look, and I don't want to be a bitch about it. So, you know, there are probably some people who are just like going with the flow of whatever's popular and they're just like, oh, it's not cool to like cancel culture anymore. Okay, I don't like cancel culture. But there's also probably a lot of people who genuinely are having like major shifts, you know, internally. Yeah. And they just don't know how to clean up the wreckage of their past. They don't know how to actually set things right, but they are against it. And as we know on this podcast, we cannot rush people's process of responsibility. They are allowed to take their time with it, even if it's painful, even if it sucks they aren't necessarily ready to make amends just because they're starting to question cancel culture, right? And and that's important to remember. We can't rush it. Um, And this is not about coercing people into rushing it. But, you know, if you are one of these people who used to take part and you don't anymore and you are starting to take part in, like, anti-cancel culture stuff and you're sharing about it and you're talking about it, that's really great. And we applaud that shift and that behavior. That's awesome. And if you look back and honestly reflect in your past and you're like actually like there's there's some damage here that I've done there's some people that I've hurt then I think it's part of the work of opposing cancel culture to start trying to make that repair 
Um, and that goes for like individual people. It also goes for like institutional level stuff. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say, man. Like, because a lot of this stuff, you know, and I think we, we tend to talk about it very much in terms of like more individual level shit and like very like social media focus and stuff. But like, because that's kind of like what happened to us, you yeah. know, but, um, it's important to remember that this shit plays out in institutions too. And yeah. like in often in like very <laughs> insane ways, yeah. um, you know, a lot of like large leftist organizations and yeah. institutions like the DSA or the IWW or like other big groups like that have like really insane cancellation shit going on internally um, that fucking completely destroys people's lives. Often organizers who have, you know, dedicated fucking like a decade of their life or something to yeah. like organizing like, you know, whatever, like like working class people in some city yeah, um, who just get fucking sidelined and have their life completely blown up. And um, if you are in a position within an organization like that to start working on this as like an actual, um, you know, po- on like an actual policy level, like you definitely should, right? Yeah. Like you should be trying to find ways for these organizations and institutions to, first of all, like undo some of the damage if possible. Yeah. Um, meaning, you know, to apologize to people who have been like uh, mistreated by an organization. Yeah. Um, to retract statements that might have been made about people if they're, like, not true or if they were, you know, just made for these sort of, like, uh, these, like, personal reasons to destroy someone's life. Or or if they're just dehumanizing, period. Or if they're just generally dehumanizing, period, and, you know, don't allow people to have, like, access to due process and all this kind of thing that we see very often. Um, That should happen, definitely. Um, And also, you know, it would be a really good time, now that the, 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 the tides are turning a little bit on this topic, to start thinking about ways to um, prevent that from happening in the yeah. future. And we're going to do an episode on this, so yeah. stay tuned. we got a lot more to say on that topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, I think the main message, the main takeaway from this episode is that, like, human beings deserve compassion. They deserve care. They deserve relationships. They deserve love. They deserve community. Um, they deserve trustworthy friendships that they can depend on. Um, We all deserve that, you know, and I think that if we become more skilled in offering that consistently to the people around us, even in the face of adversity, even when it's scary, even when it's hard, what we do is we not only, you know, not only are we acting ethically and, you know, giving people the love and care and support that all humans deserve, but also we are investing in a culture in which no one is disposable and that means we are not disposable either. So ultimately, at the end of the day, it's good for everybody involved, including you, to start investing in this new way of relating that is kind and generous and compassionate and um, that actively opposes a culture of disposability. Yeah, the left has produced a lot of misery um, over the past little while, actually for kind of its entire existence, because this this kind of this kind of behavior has been like present like since the beginning, you know, um, but we have an opportunity to start turning that around a little bit and to start undoing some of that damage and, and clearing the wreckage of our pasts. Exactly. Um, so yeah, um, I guess that's it. Yeah. So thank you for listening to another episode of fucking canceled. Um, you can contact us if you want to get in touch. We suck at replying to emails, but we do do it eventually. (laughs) We do it eventually, you know, in our own process, in our own time, but, um, fucking canceled with no you and fucking and two L's and canceled at gmail.com is how you can reach us. Um, check out the big cartel to buy your fucking canceled merch and to sticker your neighborhood with anti-cancel culture propaganda, um, which is fucking canceled.bigcartel.com. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, patreon.com slash fucking canceled. If you want to support the pod and keep us going. Yeah. Um, thanks guys. We love you. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.